Um, I'm quite new to rugby, um, not playing it, you'll be relieved to hear, but watching it, uh, I've been drawn into it perhaps over the last few years. And one thing I've noticed, and noticed particularly in yesterday's game, was just the dignity with which the players treat each other. I'm used to watching football, which without wanting to offend football fans is a slightly different vibe. And watching the rugby, I couldn't understand. I knew we'd won, I'm, you know, I'd got that. But I couldn't understand why they weren't celebrating or smiling. Um, and I was even asking others, you know, why is it that they're not sort of dancing around, smiling and, you know, high-fiving, whatever. There was a real reserve. And uh, I was told that that's very much about honouring the other team and celebrating once they're back in the dressing room and beyond, which I'm sure they have done. Uh, but I really liked the kind of way that it was played and uh, the actual honour that was given. And today's passage is about living distinctively. We're looking as a church at everyday living. We're looking at what it means to be a worshipper of Jesus every day. Uh, as you came in, you will have seen a sign that Ruby and I and others made this week. It was a joint effort uh, saying that you're now entering a place of worship that if you like this, that is normally a school, is a place of worship for us this morning and today. But actually, we're going to hear from Ruby later on how that kind of changes when we flip that side around and make change that sign for when we leave this place. Uh, I wanted to just show you a couple of uh, slides this morning. Uh, this I read about a footballer, so if you're cross with me, this will redeem it, about football. Uh, this is a Liverpool guy, um, and he says, why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 watches or two planes. I survived hard times, played football barefooted, did not have an education. Today I can help my people build schools, stadiums and buy clothes and food. I prefer my people receive some of what life has given to me. And out of what he is grateful for, he's living differently. He's playing differently. He's playing for a different message. And the Apostle Paul in this beautiful, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Colossians 3, is saying, how do we live differently? What does distinctive living look like? And it's that, it's out of gratitude that our values start to be changed and transformed. Um, and there we have verse 17, summing it all up for us. But I love a few of the phrases that are used in that prayer. Shape this place to your design is one of them. I wonder when we go into our places of work or our places of being this week, what it means to shape this place to the design of God. What does it mean to shape where we are in a different way? I remember going to visit somebody in their place of business. They owned their own business and I was doing a strength finder day for uh, about 10 of them. And uh, just watching the whole day unfold. This guy was a Christian, uh, a leader, very passionate about Jesus, passionate about shaping his workplace in a different way. And at the end of the day, he said, you know, it's difficult, Judy. You know, I, I don't know that I'm making much difference with these guys. And I was able to just see all the things I'd noticed from the, the, the cups that they were using to the coffee that they were using to the kindness with which he served them to the way that they spoke about him as a boss, that he was truly shaping his place of work around the values of Christ. And for us, that's a challenge. And when we hear this, there's a danger that those of us with the driver of should do better all start to spiral. And we think must try harder 
oh dear, I haven't had a very good week. That would be true of me. I don't feel that actually I've lived this in the way that I could have done. And we start to spiral. But actually, when we are true worshippers of Jesus, that comes from a place like that footballer of total gratitude first. There's a beautiful story of two Chinese brothers, and one of them was uh, on the run. He was a criminal who was involved in criminal activity, I should say, and he'd just been in an armed robbery uh, of great magnitude. And he ran, and his clothes were blood-stained, and he ran to the only place he knew he would be let in, which was his brother's home. His brother looked like him, two years older than him. It's a true story. He ran into the flat in China where his brother lived, threw the clothes off him, that were bloodstained onto the floor. And as the door started to open and be rammed down by the police, his brother put the clothes on himself. And he was executed. Now, I don't have a brother, I have a lovely sister, but if I had someone do that for me, I would hope that I would live the rest of my life wanting to please them. And that's the gospel. We're not here because we are good people. Sorry to say that. I mean, you're looking lovely, but we're not. We're here because we're sinners saved by grace. And we know that we need this love desperately, but we also know that we live in a world that needs it too. So Paul is saying, let this stuff shape you. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the fellowship that you have here in this place as we do sing songs and as we praise God together fill you up so that out of the overflow of all our gratitude, all that love, all that mercy, we can't help but want to love this world differently because we're a grateful people. And the danger comes when we forget that. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, wrote about this to a very pious friend who was a pastor. And he said, said, I think most of our problems are coming from the fact that we think that we're saved by good works and not by grace. And he wrote the beautiful hymn that I became a Christian while singing, uh, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. And when we really fall on our knees, when we in the morning think, oh my goodness, I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven this morning. Even yesterday, as as Helen and Nathaniel has reminded us, even in the last 40 minutes, we are reclothed all the time in righteousness and in forgiveness. Uh, Pete Gregg uh, talks about the fact that we can be everyday worshippers. He says, believe again in the fundamental goodness of things transubstantiated for us. I did rehearse that, by the way. (laughs) Receive again this day the blessed sacrament. Receive again this day the blessed sacrament. When we go out of here, we'll have had communion, but we're going to give you an extra piece of bread today to take out with you. And you can eat it by the sign that Ruby's going to talk about, or you can eat it back in the car or in the canteen as a sign that the sacrament that we share here goes out. The body that we represent here goes out. Paul Brand, uh, a brilliant doctor who's head of the leprosy mission, and I I heard speak uh, not long ago and heard um, through him through Philip Yancey. He's written a brilliant book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And he talks about the fact that the world will see Jesus's face through the gathered and scattered body of Jesus here. And that we have a role to redeem what that face looks like every day. And we do it corporately and we do it individually. 
we may feel like we're an I, but this passage says that actually together, as we fellowship, we can change the spiritual climate. We can change how people see who Jesus is. If you know the story of the temple, um, before I hand over to Ruby, I really want us just to get our head around it. And it's something that God's reminded me of this week, that in the Old Testament, the temple was so sacred, was so incredibly full of God's presence. And then God's presence, because of the sin of the people of Israel, left the temple. And Ezekiel, a prophet in the Old Testament, prophesied that one day the temple would be recreated and God's presence would fill the temple. And in Ezra, we hear that people gathered and a new temple was rebuilt and everyone thought this is it, but the people wept. And many commentaries say they wept because they didn't experience the presence of God. Then enter Jesus and everything changes. The curtain of the temple is ripped in two. We are able not only to come into his presence, but his presence inhabits you and I today. So we are the temple. We are his temple. We are his people, beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully made. Fragile, yes, but reliant totally on the grace of Jesus. Um, Ruby is one of the most grateful people I know. She doesn't think that. She said, oh, I think if I chatted to her parents, they might say something else. Uh, But Ruby and I have been working together this week, and I'm thrilled to be sharing my preach with uh, Ruby. So I'm going to hand over to Ruby now to take us through the next verse in the passage. Okay. So, first... Twenty two says, Oh, by your earthly magic in everything that you give, try to be, try to be the at all times, not. When are they watching you? So, how does it make you feel to know that people are watching you? Some of us will like that idea if you think you are doing something well, but some of us will hate that idea because we fall under pressure to get things right, just like this little dog. So, perhaps that reminds you of someone, or you feel you are in that position. Maybe we, maybe you are training to be a teacher. You will might have your lessons was at school or at college you 
may have your mind work mind make it feel that like people are looking out for for your mistake not what you doing right you might think it's a bible and say God is always watching he is doing a same thing but that isn't what God is God is not checking our mistakes or trying to catch us out. Actually, he is looking out for us and wants to help us with things we find difficult you may have visit a cathedral you might have seen this word when you enter to not no now you are entering a place of worship and you saw when you arrived today. To me, it doesn't make sense because actually a place of worship can be anywhere in a car, at school, or at work. Worship is not just about simply, it's about doing things to please God. And so, if I don't want to do something, it's really easy to mow. When we are in that situation, we don't forget that God is always in Interested in whatever we do. God has given me a chance to speak to TA. TA is teaching about church and new one. And you, my friend, about 
how to play sometimes it's really hard to stand out from a crowd praise God in everyday patience but he helped us do that now I got a question for you how does it make you feel that that God is always watching you take a few minutes to chat about it with the people around you. Um, I'm just going to come around with a mic. If anyone wants to share any of their thoughts on the question that Ruby just asked, just put your hand up and I'll, I'll come and we'll hear from you. Yes, Sally? Safer. Okay, feel safer. Yep. I look at it a bit like watching my own kids. If I could be at work and have a little screen watching my own kids all day, that'd be great because I love my kids and I want to see what they're up to and God loves us and wants to know what we're up to. And forgetting all the stuff that we do wrong, God knows that we're going to go wrong before we even start the day. So I think he just enjoys being a part of our lives. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Anyone else? Jackie? <laughs> I think sometimes we forget. I know I forget that he's watching when I'm in work. But I do think sometimes when I'm doing something wrong or I'm not being as pleasant or as helpful, then I think, oh, gosh, I've done something. You know, he's watched that bit. But I forget that he's watching the good bits as well. That's really helpful. Anyone else? Yeah, Olivia? And that despite that, he still loves us. So that's reassuring. Yeah, definitely. Oh, someone over there. Oh. Just doing a workout. Yeah. Um, it makes me feel like I've got a bit of hope that someone's watching over me and keeping me safe. No matter if you've got anyone else in your life, you've got God. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. One final one, if there's anyone else. Oh, yes, Andrew. Pass it along. Just gives me strength to know that you know that protection or inner peace. If something goes wrong, like stepping in a puddle or something, instead of just cursing that you it happened, that I've got the strength just to cope instead of having to start swearing expletively all over the place. Yeah. Good. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Ruby and I really appreciate the feedback, don't we? Because yeah. we're sort of saying, "Oh, we're worried if nobody says anything, what we'll do." interesting like when you put people in that question as a God in that question you will have different answers mm. yeah. to uh, yeah brilliant um 
it's hard to follow Ruby. <laughs> I'm still slightly uh, in awe of everything you've shared, Ruby. But we, we just wanted to finish with a couple of points, really. But that this isn't about try harder, do better. It's about breathing in God's presence in our worship of him, our reading of his word, as it says here in Colossians, that his peace will dwell in us, that his word will dwell in us, uh, that we can have that every day as we leave. And what we thought would be a good thing to do is if you've got phones with you to take a photo of our sign that we've made. There were a couple of attempts at this sign, so a lot of work has <laughs> gone into it. Um, not, not our mistake, someone else. Um, <laughs> I won't name names. Um, that it says, you are now entering a place of worship. And we'd love to put that on your phone so that when you're walking into your gym today, uh, today later on, or when you're out going to the park, it just comes up as your uh, wallpaper or whatever for the week that you are now entering a place of worship wherever that is. So we'll hold that up and uh, if you want to just take a photo of it now or you might want to take a picture of it when it's in situ uh, as we leave this place. But uh, if you do want to take a picture of it now, uh, get your phones out. But it basically says you are now a high bind. <laughs> you are now entering a place of worship. And that is our prayer, isn't it, Ruby? That, yeah. that we do that, uh, all of us together, and we'll put that at the back. Um, I'm going to read uh, a prayer for us. Um, and what I'd love us to do in our response, if we really are those people of gratitude, if we are those people of wonder, what will that look like? If you think of the footballer at the beginning, transformed by having a tough time and being grateful. If you think of the Chinese brother, the one that remained grateful all his life because his brother took on those, those clothes that were bloodstained and took the hit for him. And I wondered if we could just pray that God, as we pray, will remind us afresh that we are sinners saved by grace and that out of that love, out of that gratitude, uh, we can live differently. Out of the overflow of our praises will come this message of peace. If you'd stand with us, what we'd love to do is maybe hold out your hands. This is about what we set our hands to. And I'm going to read a prayer taken from that video that we watched at the beginning, uh, which is about being used to be that temple that flows out, that Ezekiel River that this church is founded on as a, a prophecy, that we would be that river bringing life wherever it goes, bringing healing, bringing reshaping, if you like, and bringing peace and mercy.